Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, again, we thank you so much for this time that we have with you, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you speak to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord God. Speak to their hearts, O Lord God. Let them know that you're there for them. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just need you so much in these times, O Lord God. We just pray that your Holy Spirit will just minister to us as we speak and listen to thy word today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Praise God, praise God. I just want to start off by saying how many of you have known what it is like to wait on God? You have a prayer out there, or have you ever had a prayer out there and you had to wait for God? Well, this is a very important topic because we have all been there. Why don't we start by going to uh, James 1, <clears throat> James 1, uh, James chapter 1, verse number 2. And while you're doing that, why don't you hit pause if you don't have your Bible, run and get your Bible maybe a pencil and a piece of paper, highlighter, or whatever to mark up your Bible as we cover these scriptures, okay? It's important that you know how to find these scriptures when things come up in your life and you need to refer to God's word to help you through them. Amen. So James chapter 1, verse number 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Okay? So the first thing we need to even think about here <clears throat> in trusting God and waiting on things from God uh, is to understand that you have to have to believe and not doubt. We've had messages on doubt and belief before. But again, the Bible speaks so much about your believing and not doubting. And in here it says that uh, in verse number seven, that uh, um, verse number six, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded. Okay? So if you're a person that believes one day and the next day you have some doubts and whatnot, then you're being tossed back and forth, tossed back and forth. Okay? And the word of God refers to that as being double-minded and being unstable. And therefore, God will not bless you. So we have to remain steadfast. Okay? So keep that in the back of your mind as we go forth today. Uh, in, in talking about uh, waiting on God and about understanding what God's time is all about. We need to remember that God is never in a hurry, but he is always on time. Amen. He's always on time. He will use your entire lifetime to prepare you for your role on earth and into eternity. You must be patient with God and with yourselves. One of life's frustrations is that God's timetable is rarely the same as ours. Amen. It's rarely the same as ours. We are often in a hurry when God isn't. 
We are often in a hurry when God isn't. Sometimes we feel frustrated with the seemingly slow progress that you're making in life. And I'm sure you've had that from time to time. You know, when you're at your, you're by yourself and you're thinking about, you know, your life position and where you are, you think, well, gee whiz, I, I would, I, I'm making no progress here. I'm not progressing any further. The Bible is filled with examples of how God uses a long process to develop character. God took 80 years to prepare Moses, including 40 of those years spent in the wilderness. For 14,600 days, which is 40 years, Moses kept waiting and wondering, probably wondering to himself, are we there yet? Are we there yet? But God kept saying, no, not yet. We're not quite where you have to be, where I want you to be. And contrary to popular book title, titles, there are no such things, you know, there's no, no things as, as uh, seven steps to success or secrets of instant achievement, okay? In the spiritual realm, in God's realm, you know, there's no such thing as that just instantaneous, you know, if you do these things instantaneously, you're going to, to uh, uh, achieve success. Being, being, and success is being defined as where God wants you to be, not our definition of success. When God wants to make a giant oak tree, what happens? He takes sometimes a hundred years, but when he wants to make a mushroom, it happens overnight. And most of us that have backyards or lawns in the front or whatever, you know how mushroom, you go to bed one night and no mushrooms. The next morning you wake up and boom, there's mushrooms in your lawn and you got to go out and try and take care of them. Amen. Amen. So God does things in his ways. You know, again, a mighty oak, it may take him hundreds of years to, to develop a mighty oak. Great souls, saint of God, remember, great, soul, great souls are grown through struggles and storms and seasons of challenges. But be patient with the process. Be patient in the process that you might be going through. Okay? And we're going to go to Scripture here because, as usual, we have to go to, to Scripture. Let's go to Habakkuk 1. Habakkuk 1. I should say Habakkuk 1. Praise the living God. Habakkuk 1. And we're going to go to, well, I, I want to go to, to uh, the usual verse, Habakkuk 2. And you know where it talks about the vision. But before we get to that, I want to go back to Habakkuk 1, okay? Because I really want to get into uh, um, uh, the, the backstory behind why in 2, in Habakkuk 2, 2, you know, where it talks about wait for the vision. I want, to, want you to see the backstory behind why Habakkuk was talking to God that way. Amen. So in, in 1, Chapter one, verse number one, the burden which Habakkuk, the uh, prophet, um, did see. Okay. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Okay. He's feeling, he's feeling that God is not listening. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Why do you make, why do you, uh, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that the justice is perverted. So that justice is perverted. Okay. Now, does this sound like similar times today? It sounds similar to the times today. One thing I love about the word of God is that the word of God, which was written years and years ago, hundreds, thousands of years ago, in some cases, how, how, how it parallels what is happening in our modern day society. Okay, so the same concern that he is having here, that Habakkuk is having here, is probably some of the same concerns that we have today. Some of the questions that if we don't ask it directly of God, we certainly wonder it ourselves, okay? So here he's speaking about injustice. 
Okay. Now in verse number five, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. Now this is God's first answer. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings, not their own. They are feared and dreaded people. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law unto themselves and promote their own honor. Sound familiar? Promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities. By building earthen ramps, they capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty people whose own strength is their God whose own strength is a God. The only one that they rely on is themselves. Okay. They think in themselves, they have all the power and all the might to do whatever it is that they want to do. Again, sounds very similar to uh, modern times for us. Verse number 12. Now this is a backup coming back to the Lord again. Now this is his second complaint. Lord, Lord, are you not, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy one, you will never die. My Lord have appointed them to execute. You Lord have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate, he's asking God, why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? You have made people like the fish in the sea, like the sea creatures that have no ruler. The wicked foe pulls all of them up with hooks. He catches them in his net. He gathers them up in his dragnet, and so he rejoices and is glad. Therefore, he sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his dragnet, for by his net he lives in luxury and enjoys the choicest food. Is he to keep on emptying his net, destroying nations without mercy? Okay, so again, this is his second complaint to God. Why are you tolerating? You know, he's tired of waiting to see the wicked keep on having their way. Sometimes we get tired of seeing the wicked have their way in modern day life for us. We see what's going on in the world. And sometimes I'm sure in your in your heart of hearts, in the quiet of night, maybe you wonder, God, why are you permitting this? How long is this going to happen? When are you going to speak up? You hate sin. You, you hate the violence. You hate what these people are doing. When, Lord, are you going to speak up? Okay. But we, though, have to recognize everything is in God's time. Everything is in God's time. Okay. So now chapter two, which is the, the, the chapter in the verses that you're, you're probably most familiar with, it's, it starts with verse number one there. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts, ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. And the Lord's answer is, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Okay, whoever sees it may run with it. So that the revelation awaits an appointed time. Okay? The revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. Though it linger, wait for it. It will surely, uh, certainly come and will not delay. Okay? Wait for it. It will surely come and will not delay. All right. So we see here now those famous uh, scriptures that I'm sure you're familiar with here where God is saying is saying, wait, everything is for the appointed time. 
See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Okay? The righteous person will live by his faithfulness. All right? Verse number three, the revelation, or, or, or the, the revelation uh, awaits an appointed time. So everything is in God's perfect time. So don't get discouraged if things are not going quickly or seemingly quickly enough for you in your life. When Habakkuk became depressed because he didn't think God was acting quickly enough, that is what God told him. Okay. And remember now, you have to remember that, that a delay in your life is not a denial from God. Okay. If things are being delayed, that doesn't mean that God is denying you. Remember how far you've come, not just how far you have to go. Amen. Remember how far you've come and don't think about how far you feel you have to go. Amen. Okay. So you see here that our, our, we judge our lives in terms of time and so forth like that. And we think that, oh, gee, I'm not making any progress at all. Okay. But everything again is in God's time. And don't look at, look at where, where you've been. Okay. You know, you know, don't, don't think about that and, and not, don't think about how far you have to go. You might not be where you want to be, but neither are you where you used to be. Okay, I'm going to repeat this. You might not be where you want to be, but neither are you where you used to be. Okay, and think about that. I mean, think about five years ago, six months ago, a year ago. You know, think about where you are, especially you know, maybe in the world, but think about where you were spiritually. Okay, think about about the amount of knowledge that you've gained over the last six months, over the last year, over the last five years, over the last ten years. Okay, so 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 where you are today is not where you used to be. Think about that sometimes, and remember that God is not finished with you yet. Okay, you must say to yourself, "Be patient." God is not finished with me yet. Repeat that out loud right now. Be patient. God is not finished with me yet. You are a work in progress. Remember that. Okay, and remember that we have to wait on God. God's time is not our time. Okay. Well, you know, you, you, you remember Aesop's uh, fable of the tortoise, tortoise and the hare. You know, Aesop was a, uh, a Greek storyteller. You know, he wrote some 600 plus fables in his lifetime, you know, and, and basically you remember the story that the hare was, was amused at the idea of running a race with the tortoise, you know, but for the fun of it, he agreed to race him anyway. Okay. And as you recall, the hare was soon far out of sight. So he decided he was going to lay down and take a nap. Okay. Take a nap for, for a while because he figured the tortoise still would not catch up with him. He was so much faster. Okay. He was so, so puffed up in you will, if you will, in, in himself, knowing that I've got this race done. I can just sit back and relax while the tortoise just takes his time, takes his time. Okay. In the meanwhile, if you remember, the tortoise kept on moving slowly, but steadily ahead. He didn't give up. And after a time, he passed the very place where the hare was laying there asleep. He went right by him. But the hare just kept on sleeping peacefully, not giving it a second thought as to what was happening in, in the race. And then he woke up and he saw that the tortoise was near the goal. But then he tried to run, but he could not get there in time to pass the tortoise. And the tortoise, therefore, won the race. The tortoise, therefore, won the race. Okay. The hare was very, very confident of winning. So it stopped during the race and fell asleep. The tortoise, in the meantime, continued to move very slowly, but without stopping. And finally, it won the race. Finally, it won the race. Okay. Now, we, we know that, that Aesop, we, or we don't know for sure whether Aesop, Aesop was a Christian or not. But this story certainly does has its parallels concerning our, um, how we are with God's, you know, understanding how we should persevere, knowing that God is going to uh, bring us to where he wants us to be. The moral lesson of that story ties into the biblical concept that you can be more successful by doing things slowly and steadily with God's direction. Okay. 
do thing, doing things slowly but steadily with God's direction than by acting quickly, arrogantly, and carelessly based on your own or someone else's direction. All right? Okay, that's the real moral to the story there. Okay. Now, now, now we can do things and act around and we think, oh boy, I'm so good at this. I know how to do this. I don't need to even pray about it before I start doing it. I'll just go on and just start the action and whatnot, not knowing what lies ahead. Rather, rather than you praying about it and taking your time and let God direct you exactly how to proceed. Okay. Okay. So this is what happened to Herod just decided in his own might, he could beat the tortoise, but the tortoise was steadfast. He kept going. He did not give up. Okay. All right. God is not finished with you. So just keep on moving forward. The tortoise won by persevering. Okay. And you need to sometimes just talk it over with yourself and ask yourself, you, you know, you know, how am I doing with this? Am I being too hasty? Am I pushing a hard, pushing ahead too hard on, on my own abilities, on my own will? Okay. Ask yourself sometimes, why is it so hard for me to be patient? Even when we believe that God is at work. Okay. If you believe that God is at work, do you still find yourself being impatient? And that's hard for us. I mean, I, I'm one of the first to admit it. Sometimes when there's something I'm praying for, you know, you know, dealing with the ministry especially or, or whatever, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm anxious for God to answer that prayer. But I have to really bring myself back. Me too. I bring myself back and say, I will wait on you, Lord. I will wait on you. I will look for the signposts. I will look for the hints that you drop in my heart, in my spirit. And I will wait on you. I will stop trying to do it myself. Okay? And now if we go to Galatians 6. Uh, Galatians 6, and we want to do verse number 7, Galatians 6, verse number 7, and it says, uh, um, do not be deceived, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, a man reaps what he sows, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction, whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in well-doing, in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. At the proper time, we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. Now, if you don't have that underlined in your Bible, please underline it or highlight it. Okay, because the God is giving us there a very, very important point. For we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. And that reaping will come at the proper time, in God's time. If in the waiting room of life, you know, you can choose to trust God instead of panicking. You also need to remember two things. One, that God is never in a hurry. God is never in a hurry. And two, that God is never late. God's timing is always perfect. Amen. Let me repeat that. God is never in a hurry. God is never in a hurry. And two, God is never late. God's timing is always perfect. Whatever he has come to pass in your life, it will be in perfect time for you to benefit by it. Okay. And by you benefiting by it, that means that God will be glorified in your life. Okay. All right. So remember to be patient and to just hang on and wait. And what happens in those times, you know, when it appears that God is late, you know, sometimes we think we actually think that God is late, you know, you know, you know, in, in our arrogance, sometimes we think that we know better than God, you know, gee whiz, this thing needs to happen by Friday, by this Friday. Well, God knows what you're praying about and God knows what needs to happen when it needs to happen. 
Okay. And we get panicked because this is a Thursday and God, you know, we, oh boy, I need this by Friday. God knows what the timing is all like, but you need to leave it to God. Okay. Because what you don't know, you don't know what else is working there in your life behind the scenes, behind the scenes to you anyway, whereby by you having that, uh, um, that request, that prayer, that thing answered by Friday may be detrimental to you. So God knows, God knows that in his time is when it should happen. And that'll be most beneficial to you, thereby, as I said, glorifying God in your life. Okay? So what happens in those times when it appears that God is late? God is getting you ready for a breakthrough. Okay? God is getting you ready for a breakthrough. Did you ever stop to think? When you're sitting there and you're wondering when, 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 and it seems like it's going on forever. You ever stop and think that God is preparing you for something big? Okay? Ever stop and think about that? God may be preparing you for something big. As the time is stretching out, God is behind the scenes again, behind the scenes to you. He's moving things around, moving people around, moving m- moving situations around that, 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 that would be in your way so that when you arrive to where God wants you to be, those, th- those things won't be there and, and be hindrances or, or blockages to you succeeding in whatever it is that, that you're praying for and that you're hoping for. Amen. So God is always at work. God knows. Okay. And and if we can just get to the point that we just are willing to just wait and sit back and let God do his thing, so to speak. Okay. It'll help us to be, to, to, to be more relaxed. It'll help us to, to maintain our, our spiritual posture by, by maintaining, maintaining faith. Okay. Having, ha- having faith and, and keeping out unbelief and doubt. Okay. And the other message that I had a couple of sermons ago, our last sermon there about doubt. Remember that. Okay, that doubt, that doubt is, is one of, one of the devil's biggest weapons and he uses us, uses it against us. Oh boy, so much, so much. So we can't let doubt and unbelief filter into our lives. God's timing is perfect and his timing is never late. Another example of God's perfect timing is in John 11, 144 in the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Now, you don't have to turn to that right now, but just in summary, I'm sure you, you remember the events there. Lazarus had become very sick, and his sister Mary and Martha uh, sent word to Jesus to come quickly to, to them. At this time, Jesus was with his disciples, and he told them, this sickness will not end in death. He told them, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, interesting choice of words. He was still, he still hadn't gone to them yet, but he told the disciples when he got word, he said, this sickness Lazarus has, this sickness is, will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory. Okay. So Jesus is telling them that this sickness here is not going to end in death, but out of these events, God will be glorified. God will be glorified. Okay. All right. And so we have to see that Jesus has given us a tremendous insight into what is going to happen there. Now, what is interesting is that Jesus loved, loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha very much. But when he heard the news, he stayed where he was for two more days. He didn't pick up and go. He loved Lazarus. He heard what was happening. He still stayed. And remember, he said, now, this is to glorify God. So he stayed two more days. He didn't stop and just drop everything and rush to Lazarus to heal him while he was sick. He did not do that because, again, God's timing is perfect. Okay. God's timing is perfect. And of course, as we know, the story even gets more interesting. Okay. When Jesus arrives, he finds that Lazarus was dead and had already been in the tomb for four days. He had been in the tomb for four days. You may remember the story there. He said, Oh boy, he stinketh at this point. You would think that God's timing is for sure too late. Okay. Here we understand that Lazarus is indeed dead. How much later than that could Jesus arrive? He was indeed dead. 
But Jesus has the power over life and death because he is the creator of life. And he is the one. He is the one. He is the one. He is who is life itself. Amen. Amen. And he certainly can restore Lazarus to life. Jesus raised Lazarus uh, from the dead and said, I did not tell you, didn't I not tell you that if you believed, you received the glory of God? He reminded them that. Okay. Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you received the glory of God? Okay. And there are many Jews at that particular time. There were many Jews who eyewitnessed the miracle and afterwards put their faith in Jesus. Okay. Because they saw what was done. So that, that in a way is the beginning of the fact that God was glorified through this act. Okay. Because you have to see that God had a purpose and plan in raising Lazarus from the dead. If Jesus had gone there early and simply healed him from his sickness, there would not have been as many people gathered around to witness the fact that he was uh, brought back to life. Okay, so again, if Jesus had rushed and got there to heal him from his sickness, there would not have been as many people that were gathered around to witness him actually coming back from death and Jesus raising him from the dead. So without God's perfect timing, all these Jews would not have wound up putting their trust in Jesus Christ. Okay, so because of that act, God was indeed glorified. And these people come to, to came to the point that they started believing. Okay, so you see, God's timing is always perfect. Amen. So I say to you, don't give up your faith. But hold on. Keep praying and serving God. Keep sowing. Keep believing because you're getting ready for a miracle. You're going to reap a miracle. Just hold on and be patient. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being, being, being faithful. Keep on praising and worshiping God. Keep on knowing and understanding that he is Lord God, creator of all that there is. Okay. And that nothing is too hard for him. There are laws of spiritual growth that we must follow to grow and mature in Christ. Just like there are physical laws, there are laws, spiritual laws that we have to go through in order for us to grow spiritually. God created the universe and physical with physical laws like gravity. He also established spiritual laws that we have to follow if we want to mature and come to our fullness in Christ Jesus. Prayer plays a vital role in our ability to grow up spiritually. In our world of calendars and clocks and, and the Internet, we can get so caught up with this whole concept of time. You know, you know, time is something that that we especially nowadays, it seems like it's gotten worse because, you know, we have we have we have access to so much information around us on the other side of the world. We know instantly what's going on over there and time, 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 calendars, calendars, calendars that we get so caught up with this whole concept of time, you know. Looking at pregnancies, you know, a mom can be expecting and one child can be born later than the due date. And another child born earlier than the due date. You know, if you have children, I'm sure you, you recall the doctor saying that, well, there's such and such a date. Your due date is so-and-so. But however, it could be two weeks earlier. It could be two weeks later. Okay, one can be, for, be born before the due date. One can be born after. So in human eyes, the first child, if a child is born after the due date, that child is considered to be late. Amen. But the child that was born early, early, the child, you know, the child is considered to be early. But in God's eyes, both children were on time. Okay. In God's eyes, both children were on time. So when that baby was born, when that baby came forth, that was when God wanted that baby to come forth, be it two weeks before what the doctor said or two weeks after what the doctor said. Okay. All right. So God does things when he wants to do it. Amen. And he is never early, never late. He's always on time. And sometimes, I mean, I realize that waiting on time is, on God is, is never easy. You know, praying is one thing, but I realize also that waiting is indeed something else. It's hard sometimes. I know it can be hard at times when you are believing and waiting on God to answer your prayers. 
You know, you can be believing for a new job, for a new house. You could be believing for a, a healing in your body or, or for a baby to be born or a loved one in your family to come to know the Lord, you know, and you're praying and you're waiting for that. Sometimes when we doubt God's timing and feel that we have done enough waiting, we may not necessarily see the big picture. Okay. All right. Most of the time when we're pushing and wanting and hurrying up for God to hurry up to, to do what it is that you're praying about, we don't see and understand the big picture, obviously, the way that God does. Okay. We have such limited views of our lives. God knows the beginning and the end and everything in between everything in your life to come, everything in your life that has happened. He knows. He may not answer you too early because he has something much greater in store for you, okay? Something that you're praying for may not be the best thing for you, and God has something better in mind. God delays are not necessarily his denials. I will say that again. Because something is being delayed does not mean that God is denying this thing to come to pass in, in your life. Again, when you think that you have been waiting too long, you think that this has been dragging on too long for an answered prayer, and you pretty much think that your request is as good as dead, like Lazarus. God has a greater plan and purpose that can be beyond you and your prayer. His timing is perfect and is never late. Amen. We go to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. And look at verse number eight, and we come back to very, some very familiar scriptures here. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it or bring it forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. So shall the word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Amen. Amen. So God's ways are not not, not our, our ways. I mean, his thoughts are not our thoughts. The two are so far uh, separated here. It says in verse 9, for as the heavens are, are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. Amen. So we can't even begin to imagine um, how God goes about planning our lives. Okay. Right? And just think, God is such an awesome, powerful God. I mean, he's doing this for every single human being that's on this earth, believer or unbeliever. Okay. All right. And you have to realize also, which the unbeliever simply refuses to accept, but the unbeliever, the non-believer, the atheist, the atheist, our God is that person's God. God created them. But they, whether they refuse to believe it, whether they refuse to accept it, then that's a whole different story. Okay, but God is still God. And God is in control of every single being that is on this planet. Amen, amen, amen. So we have to realize that God ways are not our ways. He doesn't think the way that we think. So when we get tired of waiting and feel like giving up, we have to remember that God's timing is perfect. He is never early, never late, but he's always on time. Do not give up, saint. Do not give up praying. Even when you feel like you can't wait any longer, you have to keep on praying. The word of God says, pray without ceasing, pray without ceasing. We still need to be persistent in prayer. Remember that God's ways are not your ways and that his thoughts are higher. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Okay. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are, are much higher than ours. 
he may not answer you when you want him to answer or the way you want him to answer. But we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's in Romans 8, 28. Amen. Amen. So just keep on hanging in there. Keep on knowing that that, that God is there. He's, he's pulling for you. He's orchestrating what's happening in your life. And you just keep faith. Do not let unbelief and doubt creep into your life, creep into your mind, creep into your spirit. God is there and that we just have to make sure that we persevere. Remember the hare and the tortoise. Just, just keep on, keep on plugging along. Don't give up. Keep on plugging along. And just know that when this thing happens, it's when God is ordaining it to happen in your life. And you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. And he'll be glorified as a result. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, please pass on the uh, the website address uh, to, to find these messages. We can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Uh, when you're on the Genesis 1 uh, site, by the way, if you look at the uh, top of the page, then you'll see a subscribe button. Push on that subscribe button and you'll uh, be automatically notified when these messages are made available. Amen. Uh, we still have our apps free of charge for Apple and for Android. We still have our apps free of charge. Download those apps and you'll be able to access these sermons on your phone, on your tablet, uh, to use when you're driving or riding on public transportation or whatever to play back at some, some later date. Amen. Amen. And remember that our, our whole objective here is to make sure that God's word is getting out there, is, is being spread. You know, God does not anyone to does not want anyone to perish for lack of his word. So the word is indeed getting out. Praise God. Praise God again. Hope this message was a blessing. And let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And we pray that as we go through the balance of the day and week ahead of us, O Lord God, that we shall remember these words, that we shall learn to persevere and to be patient and to wait on you, O Lord God. We realize, Heavenly Father God, that your thoughts are not our thoughts and your ways are not our ways, and that we will always trust in you and keep faith, O Lord God, knowing, Heavenly Father, that you will bring us into your fullness in your time, because your time is indeed perfect. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you in the master's name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord. And I sing praises to you.